Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. Here's the thing, right? We've known each other for, what, three years since I've been working here? Maybe longer if you were listening to us at the other place. And I have not been feeling like I've been honest with you for most of that time. Because I don't think I am who you think I am, right? And I'm not talking about anything existential. I'm not talking about me being dishonest or anything like that in terms of my character or the things I believe and all that stuff. Um, but you've been calling me like Kath for sort of what, five years now? And I am not Kath to anyone else in my life. Here's the thing, right? That moment where someone starts calling you something that's not your name and you don't correct it and it spirals, right? So that's the first thing I want to talk to you about tonight. Has that happened to you? And did you set them straight? Or are you that other name to someone else now? Forever. I had a teacher that used to call me Mary. I have no idea why. Probably something rude. Probably an in-joke in the staff room. But for ages, he, he would just call me Mary. Um, but outside of this room, outside of this office, outside of, like, the rabbit hole shows and uh, Twitter, I'm not Kath at all. I'm Catherine or Kate. Kate generally for family members. But just not Kath anywhere else. In fact... My mum hates me being called Kate, hates it. And growing up, if anyone, oh, sorry, Kath, and if anyone called me in front of my mum, she would go nuts. So it took a long time. And that is why my hand, my Twitter handle is Flipping Kath, because it's my mum's voice going, what are they calling you? Flipping Kath. That's why, right? Also, you know, my name had gone by that time, my actual name or any of the names I go by. But that, you know, I just thought I'd come clean about it. It's been weighing on me, not heavily. I'm not that bothered. But it, it always kind of... The way people know me, you can tell whether they actually know me or whether they know me through the radio. You know, if they call me Kath, it's a radio thing, which is cool. I generally don't mind if I like you. But it's just, you know, someone you don't like calls you by the name that's not yours. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Alan Caddick. Hi, Kath. Hey, there you go. Does anyone call you Al? No, they just call me Caddick like Ian does. Yeah, and how do you feel about that, really? Making me feel like a bucket school, Mr. Bond, saying, you, boy! <laughs> Does it make you feel like you're at school? Yeah. So what, everyone outside the radio calls you Alan? Yeah. Oh. 
Even Sam, and he's working there. Well, how would you prefer to... How, I'll call you whatever you want to be called. Um, as long as it's not like Big Boy or Daddy or something. Dusty. Dusty? As in Dusty Ben. Why? Because I'd love the old ITV game show 321. <laughs> I'm not sure I can call you Dusty forever. Does anyone else call you Dusty, or is it just a you and me thing? Well, when I was at college, my nickname was DJ Dusty. Oh, was it? Yeah. Why? Because I did my own weapon. Okay. Well, can't argue with that. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> many hidden talents, cat. So many, and we are only discovering them bit by bit. How's your day been today, uh, Dusty? Hello, DJ Dusty in the house. <laughs> Yeah, I've been looking forward to an event that's happening on Sunday in America. In America? Oh, okay, because when you were saying it was happening this weekend, I thought you meant the, that horse race, but you're talking about well, something different. There, there are other events besides the Grand National. Are there, though? The boat race. Yeah. FA Cup semi-finals. But in America, we've got WrestleMania. Okay, I mean, out of all of them, and I've got very, very little interest in any of them, the thing that would interest me more, and that's not saying a lot, I refer to my previous comment, is the WrestleMania. So who's the hot favourite for this one? Or can you not have hot favourites? Well, Good. the women have got the main event. Right. WrestleMania. All right. Rowdy Wonder Rousey, which is the world women's champion. Rowdy what, what? Wonder Rousey. Ronda Rousey? Yeah. She used to be in UFC. Okay. What's that she's, she's the world women's champion. Going up against Charlotte Flair, daughter of the Nature Boy. The Nature Boy? Ric Flair. Right. She's a SmackDown World Champion against the winner of the Women's World Rumble match, Becky Lynch. Becky Minge? No, Becky Lynch. <laughs> she won the World Rumble. Okay. In a triple threat match where it's winner takes all. I'm hearing a lot of words um, and none of them make any sense. But it sounds like, like it's going to be fun. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's on the WWE Network. Okay. Do any of them do, like, tricks? You know, like the voodoo man used to put a spell on everyone and um, ravishing Rick Rude would, like, wear gold pants and... Or is that not do it happening anymore? Well, Charlotte Flair, she's got a move called the figure eight. All right. She locks her legs of her opponents like her dad did for the figure four. Then she would stand on her hands. She's turning into a figure eight. Okay, well, that's a move. A submission move, that is. Right. And what about you? With me, I would body slam and not Andre <laughs> the Giant. Or like when Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3. Did he, though? Because, yeah. I mean, you look at them, and I know that Hulk Hogan was a muscly man, especially in his prime, but Andre the Giant, what, by the name, it w was, was massive. He was a big lad, Andre he, the Giant was. He was. And Hulk Hogan body slammed him back in 987. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was like the irresistible force for me to be a movable object. Right. I mean, it, you're, you're an encyclopedia of these things, and so, um, so I'll take your word for it. But, uh, yeah, it sounds fun. So that's happening on Sunday? On Sunday night. And how will you prep for that? But going to bed early and staying up all night. Wow. You know how to live, Dusty. I know. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye. 
I mean, when Cadet came on, I, I usually think I'm going to know what the script is, but I really didn't account for that particular performance. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. Well, it took a while this morning, but a vital connection was eventually made, and uh, it, was, uh, it was an experience I'm going to share with you now. If you're a woman of childbearing age, you've been here. Maybe not quite the same place I was, but you kind of know the drill. <laughs> if you're a man, you're about to be educated. So I had my... Uh, they, call it, they call it a cervical uh, screening now because smear test sounds too disgusting. And frankly, when I first got a letter through asking me to go for a smear, I thought it was something involving, I don't know, a wet wipe. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's a little bit more intrusive than that. Anyway, so uh, where I go is a place where I pretty much grew up. You know, I um, moved down south when I was 10. So and I've lived in sort of the same sort of area ever since. And so I know quite a lot of people like either they're uh, someone I went to school with or they know someone I went to school with. And, you know, it's quite a small community where if you don't know them directly, you know of them. Right. So I've been to this um, surgery before, obviously. You have to go every three years. And the last couple of times, uh, I've had the same nurse. And she's someone who is uh, married to someone my husband played cricket with years ago. So it's kind of distant, but I recognise the face. And she will obviously recognise my face and also a very intimate part of me by now. And I remember the first time I went in there and we recognised her, so she went, it's just me here, is that all right? And I thought, well, I'm here now. And, you know, you kind of psych yourself up to going for these things blokes i'm sure you get the same thing when you get the fickle finger of fate right you you if you if you get your foot through the door you don't want to leave without having it done because you don't want to go through that thing again right so i was kind of braced for her being there and she was and there was also someone else there and it was a student nurse who was obviously being shown i would say the ropes but that would be detrimental to my precious flower <laughs> so anyway she said to me, do you mind if I watch? And in fact, what she was doing was she was participating and, and the, the woman I vaguely knew was going to watch, right? So hence the phone in title, do you mind if I watch, right? And if you've ever been a medical miracle or a medical curiosity or you've been in a situation where someone has wanted to observe you for whatever reason, this is, this is your time, 03444991000. Again, once you're in that situation, you just want it over with. And actually, I don't mind that much. As my uh, seven-year-old daughter said to me when I vaguely discussed it, I didn't tell her the whole thing about it, but I said I was going for them to have a look at my privates. She said, they haven't really been private since you had us, have they, Mum? And it's kind of true. <laughs> so, you know, I was trying to be grown up about it. And I said, no, of course, I don't mind. Uh, so they leave you alone to take your trousers off and sit on the most uncomfortable couch in the world and um, cover yourself with a bit of paper and... Uh, lie back and try and go to your happy place so when they come me lying there like a very cold winnie the pooh down below and um and uh yeah they get the big torch out <laughs> and uh, so the student nurse is the one actually conducting the procedure and the other one was talking her through it and to be fair to the person who was talking her through it she did keep saying are you all right up there and I, to which i would reply yes <laughs> But then by the end, I was laughing my head off because, I mean, she couldn't find it, even though her face was in it. She couldn't find it. Apparently it moves about 
in the course of and I, I learned an awful lot about it because I think I could probably do one from listening to the commentary to be honest it wasn't that muffled um and uh so she couldn't find it and then she finally found it and then the speculum was going in and out and I was thinking at least buy me a drink first before we get to this kind of activity but it happened in the end and you know everyone's got to learn I just kind of wish she hadn't learned on my family um but you know, so those moments where, do you mind if I watch, they usually lead to hilarious consequences. And the stories I hear are always, do you mind if I watch, dot, dot, dot. And it's like your hemorrhoid operation or your baby being born and you end up with, you know, a class full there. So 0344 499 1000, tell me I'm not on my own. Well, I wasn't this morning. There was three of us in there. There wasn't room for anyone else. If it's happened to you, I want to hear about it. 0344-499-1000. The uh, phone lines are completely free. so And you know it's just you and me, so confide. I want to hear all about it. Uh, what else can we talk about? I've got loads. Oh, we were talking about that uh, charmer earlier on, talking about why he wouldn't date a single mum. And frankly, doesn't deserve one. Um, doesn't deserve one at all. It may be that you are sitting on a gold mine. And I'm not talking about what happened to me this morning, although it would explain the discomfort. Child's Play, the common children's books that are worth thousands, right? And if you're anything like our house, we've got loads and loads of those sort of picture books, the Julia Donaldson ones and stuff, and they get read and loved and then sort of stashed in a corner and not looked at from one year to the next. It may be that you're talking about that. That is a, an absolute fortune you're sitting on. Every family has a collection of old children's classics, most likely gathering dust in the attic, says the sun. However, before you flog them for mere pennies at a car boot sale, you might want to double check because some could be worth as much as £12,000. Antiques expert David Harper has revealed the surprising children's titles that could fetch thousands at auction. The priciest he mentioned was The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Everyone's got that, but you've got that next door. The Very Hungry Caterpillar with an original 1969 edition worth up to £12,085 as long as it's in mint condition. It's never going to be in mint condition. It's probably got a bite mark taken out of the middle of it. Uh, an original copy of the popular 1963 Morris Sendak classic Where the Wild Things Are, which is a weird book, but kids love it, don't they? Could fetch you a healthy sum of £5,090, a 200% increase from its worth in 2004, where it was £1,540. That's an original. That's got to be a first edition. The least valuable was the little engine that could, with the 1930s edition expected to fetch just £130 at auction. I bought that for my kids because I looked at like popular books from America. I don't think it's as big in this country, is it, the little engine that could? But it's a big deal over there. Um, but, I mean, God, these books... Um, However, David Harper, who conducted the research, hang on a minute, David Harper, who conducted the research in collaboration with Home Project Insurance, oh, there we go, warns the book should be in pretty good nick to fetch the top prices. He told Mail Online, most 20th century books also need to have their original dust jacket to be of collectible value. My kids shed those straight away, those dust jackets. Michael Haley, director and head of books and manuscripts at Bonhams, previously told The Sun that first editions or a, first, a full set of volumes can command the highest prices as well as those that were manufactured as a one-off. Oh, I see a picture of the tiger that came to tea. That's a big one in our house. Although that was a very fishy story, don't you think? The tiger that came to tea. So we're supposed to believe, as the husband coming home at the end of the long day, that uh, a tiger's been in and drunk all your beer and drunk all the water out of the tap and eaten all the cakes and drunk all the tea. Yeah, of course. The wife has been having a, a right old party is what's happened and she's covered it up with the most. You know, if you're going to lie, lie big. Uh, 
If the book is damaged in any way, such as a battered spine or missing a title page, the value will decrease. Now, he added, searching your bookshelves for treasures can feel like looking for a needle in a haystack, but in every auction we have sellers who are stunned by how much their old books make. Elsewhere, a Harry Potter book with misspellings and personal notes had fetched £68,000 at auction. £68,000 and someone scribbled in it. So, yeah, have a look in your books, but, I mean, I think you'd know if you had a first edition of any of these books, wouldn't you? Flipping it, though. I mean... Who would have thought, though, that that Harry Potter thing would have taken off the way it did? Because for me, when it first came out, I thought, well, this sounds a lot like The Worst Witch. In fact, it sounds so much like The Worst Witch, it's pretty much The Worst Witch. Did you ever read that? But there we go. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. 499 uh, Becky, thanks for your message. It says, thanks very much for talking about this. The cervical screening programme is pretty much the best for benefits of the individual. If all eligible women attended, it could prevent 80% uh, percent of cervical cancer. Uh, and the HPV vaccine is key too. Yeah, do you know what? We all we all kind of know this and we're taught this from, from being teenagers, but there are loads of women that don't go. And I don't, I can see why. I can totally see why. And it's kind of bound up with um, the fact that a lot of us have been brought up to be uh, ashamed of our privates. And, you know, especially now where there are so many kind of lotions and potions designed to apparently make it less offensive that, you know, you'd be forgiven for thinking it wasn't just a purely normal bodily part that, as long as you keep it clean, will do its job. And it's been doing it pretty much since the dawn of time. Uh, but apparently it needs lotions and potions. It's, it's terrible. But and it also leads to women not wanting to get checked out because, because they're ashamed of their bodies. I think it's awful. But, you know, there are also older women. And I was uh, speaking to someone on Twitter earlier today who said that even though, you know, she and her sisters are trying to convince her mum to go, and have been trying to convince their mum, and we're talking someone who's, you know, who's an older person, she won't go. She's just too, she's too frightened to go, I guess. And it's an easy thing to do, isn't it? You get your letter through, and it's, you know, that sort of soul-sinking moment where you think, oh, another three years has gone, and it's my time to do this. And you have to actively pick up the phone and make the appointment. But, you know, it could save your life. It could save your life, and you only have to look around. At, there is someone you will know who didn't go in time or who did go in time and was treated. And there were great stories about people, you know, being treated with, with enough time to go. And a lot of women who just go as a matter of course and never talk about it because it's kind of embarrassing. But, you know, if you get your letter through, please do give it serious thought because it, it could save your life. There you go. Lecture over. When I got my letter this time around, I found it really interesting. They sent um, a leaflet through as well to sort of try and convince me to go, saying you don't have to, it's not obligatory, but you might want to read this. And I guess if it's the nudge that women need to go and, and, and take care of that, then it's got to be a good thing. 0344-499-1000. So if you've ever been in that position where, not that position, or although it might have been that position, if you've been in the position where uh, you're about to have something done and uh, they bring in a student, 0344-499-1000. We can also talk about that thing of uh, you didn't correct someone when it came to your name and now it's too late. Um, I had, a, I had a really good one of those earlier on from Jenna who said that the, um, thanks for this, by the way, Jenna tweeted me, saying that uh, the cleaner at work has been calling her Becky, here it is, for two years. Um, and it's gone on too long. Friends have tried to correct her, but she's not having any of it. <laughs> and also Paul, who says that people call him Phil because his surname's Philbert's. Uh, and it goes to the point where it's it's too late to correct them. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Thank you very much to everyone who gives us a ring. I love that. Thanks also if, if you send me a tweet like Jimmy just has. Thank you very much for that. Um, I'm at Flipping Cath or at Talk Radio. 
Jimmy says, I always argue with my girlfriend to get checked out down below and to check her breasts. Um, hang on a minute. And then we're changing to tack, and that's fine. Uh, the best kids book has to be by Sean Locke, The Tiger Who Went for a Pint, or Cyril the Screw. They're on YouTube. Uh, Jimmy, I'm not convinced they're suitable for kids, but I'll certainly check those out. Get in touch. This is your show. We can talk about what I've laid out there, but you know that you can talk about whatever you want to. Come uh, offload about your day. It's Tuesday. The week is young. For some of you, it's already you're already over it. <laughs> Just give me a shout and we can talk about whatever you like. 0344-499-1000. You're listening to Talk Radio and I'm Catherine Boyle. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay, now, if you're just drifting off to sleep, you're going to have the weirdest dreams, and I'm not sorry. If you want to make it stop, 03444991000. This is from Chat It's Fate, which I have to say is the finest publication on offer at the moment, and probably the best Christmas present I got was uh, Ian buying me the uh, subscription. Although now he tells me that it was a bit expensive for the year, so I might only get six months. I was haunted by a very unusual ghost. This is Reet Payton, her real name, 43, in case you were wondering, from Liverpool. Loading the paranormal investigation equipment into the back of the car, I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end. I knew exactly what that meant. It's going to be a fantastic night, I grinned to my partner, Robert Kerwin. She calls him by his first and his second name. That's how specific this woman is, so she must be telling the truth. It was August 28, and Robert Kerwin and I, who run RAG, Paranormal Investigations, were he no explanation of what RAG stands for, were heading to a ghost night we were holding at the Vernon Institute Community Centre in the pretty village of Sog Hall near Chester, Cheshire. Is it Sog Hall? Sowall? Sowall? Most of the present... You've all gone to sleep, I don't know why I'm bothering. Most of the present building was built in 1910, although some of it dates back much further. It was used as a hospital for injured soldiers during World War One. As soon as I walked through the doors of the Vernon Institute, a feeling of fear and sadness washed over me. I knew I was wasting my time, because ghosts don't exist. No, that's not what it was. I knew at once I was picking up the emotions of an unhappy spirit. While Robert and our colleagues set up the equipment, I wandered alone in the two-story building, picking up on several spirits, including children and young soldiers. It sounds like it was proper noisy there. When the guests arrived, we took them into one of the two halls in the building, a large room which was empty, apart from curtains hanging at the window and pictures lining the walls. So an empty room then, with curtains and pictures. I turned off the lights, asked everyone to hold hands and make a circle with me in the middle, and then I carried out a blessing to protect everyone during the investigation. Suddenly, sharp pain stabbed at the right side of my head. Ow! I winced. And that's when I spotted the spirit of a young woman standing in the corner. She was facing me, staring straight at me. I just had time to register her brown hair, pretty face, and the dirty white blouse she was wearing. Very judgy. It's not her fault it's dirty. She's been dead a while. A split second later, she disappeared. But even though I could no longer see her, I could feel her in the room, standing there and watching me. A guest started to feel upset, so I took her out of the room. After a few moments, she'd recovered. Let's go back to the others, I told her. 
As we were about to go back through the door, back into the hall, a spirit floated through the wall. It was the same pretty brown-haired young woman, this time wearing a dark, ragged hat, again judging the costume. I mean, flipping it. I feel really sick now, my guest groaned. My psychic sense told me that the spirit of the young woman was affecting the guest because the poor spirit was frightened of us. She felt threatened by our presence and your judgment of her clothes. We don't mean you any harm, I gently told the spirit. We split into teams. I took my group into the other hall of the building. I could feel the spirit of the young woman following me. Out of nowhere, I suddenly felt the most peculiar sensation. I feel like I've got horns growing out of the side of my head. I know, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Oh, I blurted out to one of my guests, a lady called Sue. I love the, speci the specifics, Sue. Is there anything there? No, she laughed. Of course, when I put my hands to the right side of my head, there was no sign of any horns. But as we carried on with the investigation, I couldn't shake the feeling that hard, curved horns like a ram's were sprouting from there. I can still feel those bloody horns, I kept telling my guests while we carried out a seance. I bet she was a pig in nightmare. When the seance ended, we decided to have a break and someone switched the lights on. Reet, come here and look at this, one of the guests yelled. I hurried over to where the guest stood pointing to a picture hanging on the wall. You're not going to believe this, she told me. As I looked at the picture, which I definitely hadn't seen beforehand or looked up online before I did the investigation there. It was a drawing of an elderly lady with a white shawl around her shoulders. She looked perfectly ordinary, except that she had two curved horns coming out of the right side of her head. Oh my God, that's what I've been picking up on, I gasped. And I recognised the woman in the picture. She was the young spirit I'd been seeing, only in the picture she was decades older. I read the description below the drawing. It was a picture of a woman named Mary Davis who'd lived in the village in the 1600s. She was a midwife married to a farmer who died leaving her all alone as a widow. At the age of 28, she'd grown horns out the side of her head, earning her the name the Horned Lady of Sogall. Is it Sogall or Sowall? If you're from Chester and you're shouting at the radio, 03444991000. The horns shed several times but always grew back. A portrait of her was painted in 1668 when she was 72, and that painting is now in the British Museum. Visions played in my head like a film. In one, I saw people throwing rotting fruit at poor Mary in the street, screaming that she was a witch. In another, I watched Mary's mother locking her in the cottage because she was ashamed of her. I knew Mary was showing me scenes of her life. I was ugly, Mary whispered in my head, her voice cracking with desperation. Oh, I was ugly. People were scared of me and said I was the devil. My heart filled with pity for poor Mary, who'd spent most of her life shunned feared and treated like a freak you were beautiful i told mary firmly so that was that sorted let's speak to mary uh, to rosie not mary forgive me rosie <laughs> hi yes I a very a very my... convincing tale of of a, of a horny horny woman <laughs> yeah not one i've heard before <laughs> no. no exactly you have to know where to look uh, for these things how you doing rosie uh, I'm alright, yeah. Just uh, feeling rather guilty because I did bunk school, so obviously I'm not as goody-goody as you. You, madam, are an outrage. <laughs> Tell me about it. What did you do, and was it worth it? Um, well, no, it was It was around the time my granddad died, um, unexpectedly to me, although my mum and dad kind of knew about it, but they didn't bother to let me know. 
so I kind of went off the rails a bit. Right. And just um, well, my mum worked at a local church running a play group, so she used to leave just after me. So I'd just sort of go to school as if I was going to school, and then because my school was literally around the corner, and I'd just wait around the corner until my mum had gone, and then go back to the house with about three friends. Oh, and is that where the mayhem would ensue, or did you just sit watching the oh, telly? Oh, yes. No, no, no. We would um, make silly phone calls. Oh. So we'd, we'd just pick names out of the directory and phone people up and say things like, is that the hearing aid centre? And they'd say, uh, no, I'm afraid you've got the wrong number, and we'd just go, pardon? <laughs> over and over and over. A classic. <laughs> yeah, it was quite good. Or we'd phone up and... Um, pretend that the person had booked their dog into our, our dog shelter and then have her, everyone else would be making like barking noises and um, dogs being sick noises <laughs> The thing is right, now that no one really uses landlines and you can email businesses and stuff, that, that art is yeah. kind of gone hasn't it? I know, it's a, yeah that's a sad pastime lost <laughs> generation although people really? try, try, try and try it on here sometimes but um yeah oh, they're, they're, they're out of practice you're you're in my generation with the last of the of the greats i think with that kind of stuff yeah that is true actually yeah that, i guess there was the knockdown ginger and the throwing crab apples at people's windows while you sailed down the road on your bike yeah now what have they got online porn tinder <laughs> Bumble. Exactly. There was such innocent pursuits back then, Rosie, although we felt terribly rebellious. Or uh, you did, rather, because I never rebelled. Not really, not like that anyway. No. Hey, Rosie, I've got to go because I've got to get the news. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio.